Yeah, and they had to shave her little tummy. Oh. So now her tummy is a little, little naked, oh. little naked belly. You're listening to Love Ya, your guided tour through the wide and wonderful world of streaming rom-coms and teen cinema. I am your co-host, Martha Sullivan, adult librarian and YA lit appreciator, and I am here, as always, with my co-host. Um, I'm Maren Higman, uh, adult librarian and rom-com enthusiast. And we are here to talk about the 2023 Hulu original, Rye Lane. Rylane dropped on Hulu on March 31st, so it is pretty hot off the presses. Uh, it's a cool 82 minutes long, so if you haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend that you give us a quick pause, go check that out, and come back when you're done. Uh, Rylane was written by Nathan Bryan and Tom Melia and directed by Rain Allen Miller. And it stars David Johnson as Dom, Vivian Opera as Yaz, Poppy Allen Quarmby as Cass, Simon Manyonda as Nathan, Kareen Peter as Gia, and Benjamin Sarpong Brony as Eric, and a bunch of other extremely attractive British people <laughs> in various roles. <laughs> uh, Rye Lane is the story of uh, Dom and Yaz who meet at the art opening of Nathan, uh, who is Dom's friend dating Yaz's friend Cass. Uh, and the two of them meet. Dom is just coming off of uh, having broken up with his long-term girlfriend. And Yaz, as we will learn, has also just uh, ended or recently ended a long-term relationship. And Yaz finds out that Dom is about to go meet his ex, Gia, and her uh, new partner, Eric, um, to quote-unquote clear the air. Uh, because Dom discovered that Gia was cheating on him with Eric, who has also has been his friend since they were in primary school together. Uh, Yaz crashes this because she decides that Dom shouldn't have to face that alone. Uh, in return, Dom decides to help her break into her ex, her ex Jules's apartment to get a record of hers back. Uh, and all of this takes place in... It's a it's a one hot night kind of movie. So it all takes place over the course of 18 to 24 hours. Uh, the two of them hit it off. And at some point, Dom discovers that Yaz was not honest, was not entirely honest with him about how she and Jules ended their relationship, which causes the two of them to have a bit of a blow up. Um, but don't worry. They everything comes together in the end after they've both had a chance to separate, cool off a little bit and decide that no, actually, what felt like a good thing was actually a good thing. Rylane! Woo! <laughs> um, so before I kind of get into it, very interested. This was the first time watching for both of us. Yes. 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 How what are your initial thoughts and feelings on Rylane? Yeah, so I this might unfortunately be a case of like very high expectations because like all the reviews I read of this movie were were very high praise, um, but I had a little hard time. Um, maybe it's because I am someone who does not enjoy, uh, 
protagonist being in a lot of uncomfortable situations. Um, but I had a okay. lot. Of, I spent a lot of this movie just like cringing and hiding under a blanket. Um, okay. I yeah. I found especially the sequence where they hang out with um, her ex's mom and her mom and steal his key or try to steal his key. I guess they're not actually successful and break into his apartment. Like. I found that so hard to watch, um, and it really took away from me rooting for uh, these two people with very good chemistry uh, getting together because I was kind of like, oh, my God, you both, like, this is a felony. Well, I don't know what it would be <laughs> called in the UK. Like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, you, this is unhinged. Please stop. Um so that was a little frustrating for me because I uh, felt like that made what otherwise would have been a very charming story. I think it took this surreality sur of a rom-com because I think oftentimes a, a part of the rom-com is this idea that like, there are situations that are larger than life or situations, you know, situations get really magnified or exaggerated to how they would be in reality. But I found this just one step too far and I found that whole sequence one step too far and really detracting from both my liking of the characters um, and just making me feel so uncomfortable that I was taken out of the story. Martha, how did you feel? I loved it. <laughs> I, had just, I just had a really great time. I, without disagreeing with anything you said, because I do, there is a lot of this movie that relies on sort of a cringe factor feel. And normally I don't love humor that hinges on our protagonist being embarrassed. Um, but I think what worked for me here is that largely, I think the humor of it, or like, let me see if I can let me see if I can parse this out. Um, because in the moment, I was not thinking about how awkward all of the situations were. Um, I guess I was sort of like, in real life, this wouldn't happen, but it's not real life. It's a movie. Um, and I, I wonder if just the charm factor of all of the actors, even the even the people that we're not supposed to like, there was a little bit of like, oh, that guy happening in my brain. So I never really felt like, um, I never felt secondhand embarrassment for what they were going on because I don't think I was ever afraid that things weren't going to turn out okay for everybody. Because even for, like, even for Dom's ex and even for Yaz's ex, like, they're both now shown in like relationships that you know either are or are not working <laughs> i mean um but nobody is left in this movie in like a really bad situation so even when like yaz and dom get caught in jules's apartment the the fallout from that is less about the situation and more about dom confronting yaz finding that she hasn't been truthful to him so it's like the confrontation that falls out from that is sort of incidental to the actual breaking and entering, if that makes any sense. Um, but I don't know. I just, I thought that it was a really, 
colorful and dynamic um little movie that uh it, it's a, it's a movie that focuses largely on two people talking about stuff and i thought that the way that the director handled how it's filmed and sort of the pace the insertion of the different flashbacks i thought that the filming was very um very energetic and kept things kind of moving at a clip oh as I'm saying this, I wonder if that was also part of why it worked so well for me is I don't know that I ever had time to be, I never really had time to like sit in my secondhand embarrassment. So we had always kind of moved on before it got to be too much for me. So I think the pacing of it really helped me. See, and of. I I think for me that was a really long sequence because for me it was the whole sequence from when they went to, was it Jules' mom's house or was it? Yaz's mom's house and Jules's mom was just hanging out. I think it was Jules' mom's house. I think uh, it's Jules's mom's house. Uh, yeah. So yeah. like from the moment they got to Jules's mom's house to like that was a big chunk of the movie to me. Like from hanging out at Jules's mom's house to breaking in and leaving and having that confrontation about her dishonesty. Like to me that was a big chunk of a short movie for me to feel really uncomfortable and not on the protagonist's side. Um, so it really took me out of it. Um, cause I, I really, I mean, I agree everything that you're saying about the beginning and the end. Um, and I just wish that it hadn't gotten bogged down in this like revenge mission. I feel like there was another way for us to, to have the confrontation about Yaz not being truthful without, having this breaking and entering um and i maybe it would have worked for me if the item had been more important than a record that could be replaced like because i mean dom very wisely is like well i'll just buy you a new one of this record and rather than being like oh my dad gave it to me before he passed away like it's really sentimental you know yaz never specifies why she needs this particular record enough for me to understand why she would do breaking and entering for a record that she could easily replace she's just like oh well it's mine and i want it like i don't it, it's such a high threshold to overcome like, again, if, if there had even been a throwaway line about, like, my dad gave it to me before he passed away, or, like, I, you know, won this in this competition, or even if it had been something more important than a record, you know, even if it had been, like, you know, a piece of heirloom jewelry, or, you know, something where, like, I could really understand the desperation to get this back, and I just didn't understand or sympathize with that. Um, and, and see, from, oh, sorry. Yeah, so it it just completely took me out of everything. For me, I think it's the pettiness that makes it work so well. Like, it is such a low-stakes crime. Like, yeah, she's breaking and entering, but she's breaking into an apartment that she used to live in. And I, I fully could relate to this kind of fixation on, like, well, but he's not even going to appreciate that record. It's mine and I want it back. And like replace, like I, I sort of could understand the mindset of, yeah, I could replace it. But the point is that that one's mine and I want it back because he doesn't deserve to have it. 
So I guess I could get on the wavelength of the reasoning a little bit more than it sounds like you could. I absolutely um, and could I honestly, <laughs> I was I like, girl, go to therapy. Like, no. I honestly, well, of course, <laughs> like, obviously. <laughs> um, but I almost think that a more high stakes item would not have worked. Like if there had been actual stakes to getting this back, like I think part of why it works so well is because if they get caught and if she doesn't get the record back, then kind of who cares? Like it worked as well for me just with the tone of the movie, because ultimately it like the record is just a record. The point I think for that was the experience that, the that Dom and Yaz were having together. And that Dom was like, well, you supported me through this stupid thing that I did. So I'm going to support you, even though they're not really like the two actions are not really the same, but I can, I can understand the logic that goes into um, deciding (laughs) that this is what we're going to do together. I, yeah, I Um, just, I completely got off the train there. I was just like, nope, this is absolutely like, and it's not even that they just broke in and grabbed the record. She played with his new girlfriend's thongs and menstrual cups and put it in the fridge. Like, I, oh, I was just like, girl, no. Like, this, absolutely not. Like, no, no, no. Like, this is completely, I mean, I understand. Are you, you're probably in your early 20s, so you think this is, and you're going through some stuff, but... No, this is not cute. This is not, no, you need help. Like, absolutely not. Like, it, it just, I so thoroughly got off the train at that point. I think that's the point. Like, I don't think we're supposed to think that it's rational behavior. Oh, no, I don't think the movie thinks it is either, but it's just so beyond the pale that I completely. Oh, I guess I, I guess I kind of didn't think of it as being that bad. Like, at the end of the day, what sort of, like, what harm did they do? I mean, they invaded Jules's privacy. They, like, went through his new girlfriend's possessions. And not just regular possessions, but very intimate, like, like, I would be, if I had been in her position, and she does articulate this, but the movie kind of makes fun of her a little bit for being like, this is a gross invasion of our privacy and I am incredibly uncomfortable. No, she was right. Like, it is. Like. I mean, I also kind of feel like in the world of rocks. Like, he he went to the trouble to change the locks. Like. Okay, but Marin, also in the world of rom-com shenanigans, like, I think this is far from some of the most egregious behavior that you and I have witnessed in a movie of this tone. Uh, I don't know. This is pretty up there. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I am finding out that I have a very hard stand against breaking and entering. But um, just because I think, you know, even if someone was a jerk, they deserve safety and privacy. And for our main characters to violate that so fragrantly and without remorse... Just, oh, I okay. Apparently, this hit me more than I thought. I just this whole sequence, I was just like, nope, 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 nope. Um, and maybe I, I think for me, it might have just been because they were rifling through such private things of his girlfriend that just like really hit me. 
um, in an uncomfortable place where I just lost. I was so thoroughly not on their side um, that it just took me out of it. And and I think, well, yeah, I'm trying to think of other worse things we have seen movie protagonists do. And I mean, I understand that like a flavor of the rom-com genre is like unhinged behavior. Um, but apparently this is an unhinged behavior that just like ticks some boxes for me. Cause yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to contrast this and it's not a one-to-one situation, but I'm going to contrast this with a movie that I, that gives me like full heebie-jeebies. And I'm not, I'm truly not sure what your stance on this is, but how do you feel about a, you've got mail situation? Just the him lying to her part? The whole catfishing aspect of it, yeah. I mean, not great, but he's also not invading her physical space. Well, that's what I, well, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not setting it up as a, this is an exit, like this is the same situation. I'm just saying that is a movie where I find the behavior to be intolerable and I, I guess my ultimate point is far be it from me to tell you that you're wrong for feeling um, the way that you do about the about what they're doing in this movie. It just did not offend me on sort of a molecular level. And I think it's just because people are going to react to different situations in different ways. And I'm I'm putting forth You've Got Mail as sort of a classic in the rom-com canon as one that I cannot watch because the whole situation makes me want to climb fully out of my skin. So that's my sort of like, I understand what you're saying, even if I don't feel that way about Rylane, I do feel that way about other sure. movies. So... I, I get where you're coming from, even if I don't share the same feelings about this movie is my ultimate yeah. point. And I, I guess. guess my similar thing is I, I don't love Sleepless in Seattle because I think, well, one, Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan never get to spend any time on screen together. So, like, that's a waste. But two, uh, kind of the I, I guess I just have a thing with, like, physical space. Like, I guess that's just my thing because she, like, okay. Kind of invade, well, I guess she doesn't really invade his physical space, but she stalks him a little bit, and that rose me the wrong way. I guess my thing is just the, like, physical, like, invading physical space. <laughs> that is, okay. That's my hard line. <laughs> Which fully is fair. I will tell you something that this movie did um, that I really appreciated. You know very well that one of my top-tier... Um, one of the top tier things that bothers me about rom-coms and really comedies or movies in general is when the conflict could be resolved by yes. just talking to each other. And in Rye Lane, it is, it is the same. Like the conflict comes about because they are not honest with each other. But this was a case where I think the writers did a really good job of making me believe both why Dom gets mad at Yaz for lying, but also why Yaz lied in the first place. Yes. Like, I fully understood why she didn't want to be like, let me bear my emotional soul to this man that I just met 12 minutes right. ago. But well, I also understand why Dom is like, I told you the truth. Like, why couldn't you be honest with me? This was this was a rare case of like, oh, I get both sides of what's happening here. And I am glad that our I'm glad that the res the result is that we both get to walk away mad 
think about it and then come back once we have had a chance to like make peace with ourselves and our reactions to that situation. Yeah, I think that was that was set up really nicely as a good conflict in terms of because, yeah, I think there is something about, you know, the way it's very relatable in terms of I think there's something the way you present yourself when you're just meeting someone and, you know, before you kind of fully let them in. Um, that was very relatable in terms of, oh, yeah, makes total sense that you would not be hashing out all your stuff to this rando. And it also felt like the kind of thing where if they hadn't had that confrontation with Jules where he sort of spills the beans and, um, you know, the where he reveals that Yaz was not being entirely truthful. Like if they had just sort of continued on and then maybe a month from now, Jewel or um Yaz had said, Hey, right. something I want to talk to you about. Like, I wasn't super honest with you. Like, that is also a way that I could have seen this resolving, except that they obviously didn't have the time or the space for that to happen. Um but it does kind of make me wonder what Dom's reaction to that would have been if, like, a little later down the line, she'd been like, this is why I wasn't honest with you before, but now, you know, I, I know that I love and I trust you and I want to tell you the truth about what happened. If that would have been a, like, more palatable way for him to learn that. Or if I'm just sort of projecting in a way that I, do, or not projecting, <laughs> um, predicting in a way that I kind of don't really need to be. <laughs> The point is, that was a situation where I understood why she, I understood why she lied, I understood why he was mad, and I understood, I could go along with the way that that drove the story, rather than me just sitting there tearing my hair out, being like, if somebody would just tell the <laughs> truth for two seconds, we would not be in this situation. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was nice that they, you know, set up a very believable conflict. Um, yeah, and I guess that's part of why I was so annoyed. There was that whole sequence that took me out of everything because I could have seen a movie, you know, a version of this movie where rather than, and I understand the structure they were going for in terms of like first we deal with Tom's ex and then we deal with Yaz's ex. Um, but I really wished... You know, maybe they, like, crash Jules's art show and, you know, do something, you know, not breaking and entering to kind of <laughs> confront Jules. And, um, yeah, so we, and, and then, you know, had that conflict build up in a slightly different way, um, So that, you know, I could have really stayed into it. Sure. How do you feel about the like one crazy night structure of this kind of movie in general? Like, does that generally work for you or are you not into it? Um, I think there are times where it's been successful. It's not usually one of my go to's. Um, mm -hmm. I, I generally prefer. Uh. You know, seeing a relationship evolve over time just because I think that, 
you know, the suspension of disbelief is just a level or two higher um, for, like, the one crazy night kind of story. Um, I mean, not to say that doesn't happen, but um, I think it just... And, and again, this is where that sequence annoyed me so much because, like, everything building up to that and everything after that was so good that, you know, really being taken out of that and um, was just so disappointing to me because I wanted to see them. Because, like, and even in that sequence, I really enjoyed the bit with them having to do karaoke and, like, wouldn't have been great if they had been forced to do karaoke another way. Like, maybe Jules has an underground show that they want to crash, and the only way to get the pass, you know, get the address to the show is, or the invitation to the show is to do karaoke. You know, like, I think there, yeah, there were so many good little moments, and I just, having the sequence where they're breaking and entering, just took it so thoroughly out of that. Um... Yeah, I did really love the part where Dom is in when they're at Yaz or um Jules's mom's house and Dom is in the backyard with all of the old people and they're going through his Spotify broke up or breakup playlist. I laughed very hard at that. Um I don't know. I think part of it was just I I really liked both of these actors and was just kind of on board with seeing I, I don't think it was. All right. I'm going to back up a little bit. Unless it is secretly not a rom-com or something that is deconstructing rom-coms, it is a safe bet that your two leads are going to end up a- together at the end of the movie. So I feel like for rom-coms, the, what you are sort of waiting for is not the end because you know what the end will be, but it's how you get there. So because I knew that Yaz and Dom were going to be together at the end of the movie in some capacity, because I I was fairly certain this wasn't going to be a pull the rug out from underneath you kind of Mm -hmm, situation. mm -hmm. um, I was able to just sort of enjoy watching those two actors interact with this very colorful very charming world and a lot of that i a lot of that is just how much i liked the two actors like i don't know that this movie works half as well if you have two people who have less charisma on the screen (laughs) like i am fully willing to admit that i am giving these two people a pass for some truly abhorrent behavior because i found them so charismatic and charming to watch yeah, and I was trying to think, because I, I feel like, for me, the you know, what I was trying to dial in on, and for me, the obvious contrast was um, the TV show we watched a ways back, um, uh, Rose Matafeo Starstruck, um, mm-hmm. who she is also uh, incredibly charismatic and definitely has um, some kind of hot mess moments that, go up to the line but never go over the line and um i yeah i think is another you know a, another one of those like characters where in real life you'd be like oh but 
because the actor is so charismatic. You're like, okay. Um, you find it charming. And yeah, I think without that scene, this would have crossed that line for me, but it just, I just didn't get it back after that. Um, because yeah, I do, I do think that there was, they, they both were so charismatic and, um, you know, clearly like doing a great job. It just, once it crossed that line, I just couldn't give it back. So yeah, unlike Starstruck where they stayed like just enough under the line, there are moments in that show where you're like, oh girl, Jesse, come on now. Um, but it just doesn't cross over that line. Um, I do also, I do also think that part of it is that like they, they do have to both. Well, and I, I say they do have to both, but I think it's mostly Yaz. Like, Dom is clearly very into her, but she is kind of the one in the post-conflict montage where we get to see them both sort of, like, dealing with what happened. She is the one that I think then goes through, like, she gets a job doing costume design and, like... She she is the one that sort of has to grow up a little bit before the two of them can actually work together. And I think that's also part of the point. Like her her what she drags him into and um Jules points this out. Like she's already got you breaking and entering, dog. Like she's unhinged. And I do think that there is a little bit of Yaz has to do a Yaz is the one that has to do a little bit of growing up and recentering mm-hmm. before their relationship will actually work as two like self actualized human beings. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was trying to set up the contrast of like Dom, you know, Yaz needs to figure out her professional life, um, and Dom needs to figure out his like you know moving out of his parents and you know because he has a steady job but kind of everything else is in shambles, um. So I get that that movie, yeah, they're trying to go for that contrast. I don't know. I also, maybe I just have lost patience with the, the hot mess trope. Like, um, and I get that, you know, this is clearly a movie about characters in their early 20s. And, like, that is a time where a lot of people undergo a lot of growth. Um, but I guess, yeah, now now sitting in my soon-to-be mid-30s, I just have less patience for it, too. Um, and, yeah, and I think I had a similar reaction with parts of Starstruck, where I was just like, oh, girl, 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 make some better choices, please. <laughs> but just because it, it didn't go over that line, I was able to stick with it more. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think anything you said is wrong. Um, I think just for me... You know, not to be like, oh, yes, I'm sitting here from the lofty place of 34 with my life put together. <laughs> but I just, I don't relate to those stories um, as viscerally as maybe I once did. Um, well, and I I am sitting here as, I mean, my 36th birthday is literally tomorrow. Happy um, birthday! But I also, thank you. Um, but I also read a lot of, or I consume a lot of media for and about teenagers. <laughs> so <laughs> I also have definitely encountered the, 
I can't get on board because what is happening is just so outside of my current um, realm of existence. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I definitely, definitely understand and sympathize with that point of view. Yeah. And I think also there, so I watched this really interesting. So my, uh, my routine over my lunch is to watch a lot of like, uh, uh, YouTube video, criti- you know, essay criticism essays, um, and one channel I watch a lot is called The Take. Um, and The Take had this really interesting video essay about the hot mess girl character. And I think one thing that they pointed out in that video that stuck with me, and I haven't rewatched Starstruck since I've watched this, you know, watched this video. But as I had, you know, just watched that video, it struck me with this: is the idea that you know, the hot mess girl character was built to showcase, you know, to say like, hey, yeah, you don't, you know, to be the antithesis to the step wife and to say like, women do not always need to have their makeup done and um, their lives in order. And so I think it started out from that, you know, very noble goal, but what happens when a female character is so much of a hot mess is that it it keeps her from being well-rounded. And if that's the only thing, like in real, you know, it, it just makes the character lack depth. Um, it's kind of the reverse. And I think this, it just, and, and not to say that Yaz was a completely flat character. She wasn't, but it just went one step over that line for me of, this is a young woman in her 20s figuring her bleep. There you go, Pete. You're welcome. Um, out. <laughs> uh, to, oh, okay. Like, her not having her stuff together is such a defining trait that we are losing some other things. Um, and, and maybe we just needed... I mean, she had that line earlier on about, well, I still figure out how to pay my rent. Like, I cobbled together all these jobs to pay my rent. And it's like, well, maybe we should have seen a little bit of that because clearly she's not just a hot mess. Like, clearly, and and again, I think the contrast was supposed to be set up of, all right, well, she's at least got an apartment and she's, you know, living independently, whether it's Dom has had to move in back in with his parents. So, again, I think there was supposed to be this intentional contrast and i i think we just needed to see more of the areas in which she did have her life together um for her to feel more well-rounded because so much of what we saw and you know we saw the charm we saw the charisma we saw her i mean especially like that scene where she's stepping in with dom's ex and ex-best friend um you know she clearly has very high emotional intelligence very high like she has um, you know, these incredible people skills and, um, but then so much of the rest of the movie is just her, you know, we're, we're, we're seeing so much of her not over her ex breaking and entering, not, you know, like just being so messy. It just almost overwhelmed everything else. Well, and I... I wonder, so I did not see her, I saw her and Dom as having to get it together in different ways, but I did not see her 
as much I would not have characterized her as a hot mess because like just from what the movie kind of tells you like yeah she's got things that she needs to get in order um but in general like she's I don't know I I didn't see her as super messy um I just saw that she and Dom were both kind of stuck in different ways that were preventing them from moving forward in their lives and that this sort of one night of all of these conflicts kind of blowing up gave them the perspective that they needed to do that. But again, I also didn't read the B&E scene as like that didn't have as much of an impact on me. So I don't know that that scene colored the rest of the movie the same way for me yeah because i think for me that just came through of like okay you are for no reason whatsoever turning down well i guess for the reason of you're having a good time with dom you are turning down a job interview that could be very important for you um well she owns that though like she she says she says, like, I just turned on a job interview because I was scared of getting rejected. Like, I think that she's pretty self-aware about that. Well, and I think that the movie, again, because the movie takes place in this heightened reality of, like, the one night, we, I think we are supposed to see, like, oh, yeah, there's some unusual stuff happening right now. But because that is all we see, I think we don't see enough of those moments. Um to yeah make her feel a little more fleshed out um and i mean i for better or for ill i mean fair or not the term i kept tossing around in my head and kept thinking about and i I think the answer is largely no but there were a few moments where i was like is this manny pix manic pixie dream girling like is that what's happening um, and I, I don't think it ever got there, but it did kind of float in my head. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, and I mean, not too. I feel like there is a tendency to be like, ah, oh, yes, any charming, charismatic female lead who doesn't have her life together, we can call Manny Pixie Dream Girl. But I think there were, like, I don't know. Again, it just, I feel like there were opportunities to make her feel more fully fleshed out. Fair enough. Yeah. So, Marin, my question to you at this point is, what would you offer our listeners as an alternative to Rylane? Well, first of all, again, I will say, I think this is one of those... uh, this didn't work for me. That doesn't mean it won't. I am sure the majority of our listeners would love this. Like, I think this just like hit a button. I didn't know I had. <laughs> sure. Um, cause I, I think it is a well-made movie. Um, I think it's just a, not for me. Um, I will say, so with that being said, I will say something I, uh, read recently that reminded me somewhat of it. Although, you know, it's got a similar start, but goes in a very different direction, is um, Meet Me at the Lake by Carly Fortune, um, which is, 
Oh, it, okay. It did just come out. I will confess, I did get an advanced reader copy of it. So I read it a few months ago, which I know every Heck time. Yeah. <laughs> Librarian superpowers. <laughs> exactly. Every time I, now that like my director, library director showed me how to get arcs, I always feel so fancy where I'm like, oh, yes, I read it in an arc. Um, but yeah, an arc I read a few months ago. Okay. It did get released. So yay. Our listeners can all consume this. Um, but it is so it is Carly Fortune's follow up to Every Summer After, which was maybe the best book I read in 2022. Um, and it, it starts off with the kind of one wild night. Um, and it starts off with that premise. Uh, and then uh, we jump 10 years and we find out that that one wild night uh, led to nothing. Um, these protagonist did not reconnect at the appointed time it was very it's maybe a little more before sunrise but it kind of similar vibes of the the one wild and crazy night um so it's basically revisiting so they they run into each other again um 10 years later um and kind of a similar their lives are both in disarray um and they had had this connection this brief connection earlier um and reconnect um as older adults and it also i think had some similar vibes of we are both in not good places right now um and the book kind of proceeds from there um so yeah meet me at the lake by carly fortune wonderful my recommendation for people is a movie that i was thinking about often while i was watching my lane and that is Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist oh, from 2008. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a YA version of Rylane in that it stars, or it's focused on Nick and Nora, two high school kids who are out and about in New York City in the middle of the night looking for a secret concert that their favorite indie band is playing. So it's all about the kind of shenanigans that they get into as they are uh, looking for this concert together. Um, they are not... F- really connected at the beginning but they like stumble into each other enough that uh you know by the end of it the the two of them are um working together to to find this and having a connection and it's very cute uh Kat Dennings and Michael Sarah as tiny children uh have a lot of chemistry and it is a very fun one wild night story that I like a lot um so yeah, that's my that's my recommendation for you all. Uh, our next movie that we are going to be watching is the 2022 Netflix original Do Revenge, starring um, if it's Maya Hawke yeah. and Camila Mendez, fresh off of Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> Has Riverdale finally ended yet? Uh, uh, question mark. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, I watched the first couple of seasons. The first season of that show, I stand behind as being like 12 episodes of perfectly insane <laughs> uh, TV. And after that, I think it it lost its luster for me pretty yeah, quick. I, I think um, I jumped off in a similar spot. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I got through. I might have even only got through the first half of season one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Camilla Mendes is great. I was pleased to see her in this new movie, and I look forward to talking to you about it. Yeah, same. 
Well, and uh, I believe we, we are going to be joined by our, our one and only uh, producer, Pete. That is true. Pete made an offhand comment about how he would be interested in watching Do Revenge. And I seized on that like a remora. So congratulations, <laughs> Pete. <laughs> I do think at this point he does know that he is joining us on that episode. So it won't be a surprise yeah, when he yeah. listens to this episode to edit it. <laughs> um, but yes, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, in the meantime, please check out the other podcast that I do that updates on this same feed with Pete called Did You Do Your Homework? Our last episode was about all of the ways that we are both afraid of and in love with AI and robots. And our next episode is going to be exploring the adage that it is impossible to make an anti-war film. So we are really all over the map with that show these days. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on all of the social networks everywhere except Blue Sky because nobody has bothered to give me an invitation to that yet, which rude. Um, but I'm all at I'm at all of the other places at Magical Martha, uh, including Letterboxd, which right now is the most fun social media place for me to be. So you know, come check out the movies that I like and do not like. Marn, where can people check you out? Um, folks can find me on Twitter at a underscore star underscore danced, where I mostly tweet about romance novels these days. So if that interests you, feel free to give me a follow. A deeply worthwhile endeavor. <laughs> um, I'm also remembering now, so Pete doesn't have to remind me, I also do, I write a newsletter every once in a while, which you can find at tinyletter.com backslash magicalmartha. That updates when I feel like it because I don't get paid to write it. So sometimes uh, it takes a backseat to more important things. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you all so much for listening. This has been a very fun discussion. And we look forward to you joining us in another couple of weeks. Uh, that is going to do it for us today. Thank you again for listening. This ending really uh, got away from me. But just remember <laughs> that we love you. I should write down. <laughs> write the ending down to the show. That really, that really got away from me there. <laughs> you, you got there in the end. I did, eventually. <laughs>